It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now. Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630KHOW, Denver's talk station. Well, welcome to... California, 630K How Denver's talk station. I am Leland Conway. That's pretty much what happened last night. Colorado is definitely a deep, deep blue state. And there is no two ways about it. What's interesting is sort of once again, we have schizophrenic voters. We have split personality voters. Once again, the voters of Colorado have voted themselves a tax cut but have also voted themselves themselves a tax increase. <laughs> this has happened every time there's been dueling propositions on the ballot since I moved here. There is they all people always vote for a tax cut and then they vote for a tax hike. In this case a couple of them. And a lot of programs that are going to end up needing tax hikes down the road in order to pay for them. So, we got that going for us. Which is nice. Anyway, welcome. 630K How Denver Stock Station. I am Leland Conway. It's impossible for me to feel pessimistic. Uh, I really I really don't feel pessimistic uh, right now at all. What I, what I do uh, want to look at is the, the reality of the situation. And the reality of the situation is the Republicans did not have the night they thought they were going to have. The reality of the situation is that President Trump is an albatross around the necks of the Republican Party. He is going to continue to be an albatross around the necks of the Republican Party. And the Republican Party has a new leader, but they probably don't realize it, or they're probably too afraid of Trump to take advantage of it. That new leader is Ron DeSantis. He won by 20 in Florida. It was insane. And what was interesting about Florida is that he won Miami-Dade County by double digits. I mean, that is a Democrat stalwart bulwark. He won Miami-Dade County by by double digits, and he won the state by 20. We also have a lot of other examples of candidates that were not in the sort of Trump universe doing very well, and then candidates in the same state that were in the Trump universe doing very poorly. Perfect example of that is Georgia, with Governor Kemp being reelected by a pretty good size, hefty margin, six or seven. I think it was actually closer to ten. And you have the final in the final tally, Herschel Walker loses, but neither candidate got to fifty, so we have a runoff. And if you ask me right now, do I think Herschel Walker's gonna win that runoff? Absolutely not. Because now it's completely detached from other candidates on a ballot where a conservative might say, I'll go ahead and vote for Herschel Walker, but I'm all in on Kemp, right? That's gone now. 
And I could totally see Georgians deciding to go with the devil they know versus the devil they don't know. I'm, I'm not, I, I, who knows, right? I mean, predictions are predictions. I predicted that today we'd be talking about uh, a Republican Senate majority of 53 or 54 seats. Right now, as it stands, the highest possible would be 52 if they swept picking up, uh, well, Georgia wouldn't be a pick. Yeah, it would be a pickup. Georgia would be a pickup. And then if they picked up Arizona and they picked up Nevada. Now, next hour, my friend uh, James T. Harris from KFYI in Phoenix is going to join us. He has some exclusive inside scoop on what's happening in Arizona. I'm going to tell you right now, I've got a funny, suspicious feeling that Kerry Lake's going to pull off that win. Um, but it's going to be very, very close. And he's got more inside scoop on this. But let me just give you a little bit of the lay of the land on this. Why do I think Kerry Lake's going to win? I've been working my Arizona sources today, um, and I and I talked to James Harris last night. I hosted uh, election coverage on KTRH in Houston, so we were watching the Texas returns, and then we were watching the national returns, and then we were paying very close attention to Arizona. And so I invited him back on today because I want he's got some more updates that have happened in the last say eighteen nineteen hours. Uh, but here's here's what I know about Arizona that's interesting. There won't be another total update uh for votes until um about five o'clock tonight but here's what you should know as we talked about yesterday the maricopa county debacle is kind of a huge deal in maricopa county and i and, and in talking to james yesterday uh, upwards of 20 percent of, of voting machines weren't working in a heavily republican area which means a lot of people were turned away and they didn't vote at their normal polling place and their vote ends up being lost. That's a huge deal, especially in a race that could literally come down to thousands or hundreds of votes. But the ones that stayed in line, they allowed to do provisional ballots, which have not been counted yet. Uh, so a key point in this is that um, as of right now, and this is before the next vote total will come in at five o'clock. Uh, they had counted about four. I'm giving you rough numbers here, about 480,000 in-person day of votes. Now, why is that significant? Because in-person day of votes tend to favor Republicans. This is another reason why um, the left loves these absent, these, these mail-in ballots, because you, you don't really have any way to police that people can harvest and organizations can harvest and, Republicans tend to not do that, and so it's a big advantage for them. Also, you get voters that aren't really tapped in. They're not really tied into what's going on, and I have some things to say about that regarding us here in Colorado a little later in the show, but you tend to get people that, oh, there's the ballot, I'll just vote, and they, they aren't really keyed in. They're not really up to, to, to date. They're not really informed, and that when you have an uninformed voter, that tends to also favor the left. So... These 480,000-ish 400, votes that were done in person, Carrie Lake won about 380,000 of them. The total was 71%. So it was a massive, massive advantage for Carrie Lake. So if, and here's the thing, they, at, at the Maricopa County, what they did is they put the ballots into a, a section called bin three, Bin three were provisional ballots. These were the ones of people that couldn't vote at the voting machines, but they stuck around and they went ahead and filled something out. And they were like, this is provisional. We'll count it at the end. 
these votes haven't been counted, but somewhere around 18,000 votes were cast in that bin three. When you have a race right now that's separated by about 11,200 votes, that was Carrie Lake's last trailing by 11,200 votes. If she wins 71% of 18,000-ish, that's what we think were cast. We don't know for sure, but that's what we think were cast in the provisional box. That is going to be 11,900 votes. Now, obviously, there's some votes in there that would go to Katie Hobbs, Carrie Lake's contender. But let's also keep in mind that they're still counting the day of votes in Arizona. And again, the next drop will come at 5. And very similar to what happened in 2020, each time there were new in-person day of total votes counted, the gap narrowed. And that's what we're seeing. So all of that said, those provisional ballots, that 20% could be enough to drag Carrie Lake across the finish line. But it also shows what a big freaking deal it was for those election booths to not be working 20% of them on election day. And let me let me give you a little scoop as well, where I was on air in Houston last night, Harris County, which is basically the Houston metropolitan area. They had, get this, on the day of voting at 7 o'clock, people were showing up at the polls, which is when they opened there. They were showing up at 7 o'clock. There was one poll place. They didn't even have their key. They couldn't unlock the door till 10 o'clock. Multiple other polling places reported running out of paper. Now, I'm not alleging any kind of nefarious activity here. What I'm saying is there's no excuse for this. There's no excuse for the fact that we have to wait days to hear the total uh, outcome in in uh, in Arizona. We're going to have to wait days to hear the total in Nevada. We're going to have to wait days. For, of course, they went ahead and called it for Pennsylvania. But these these places, there's no excuse to not be able to count those mail-in ballots as quickly as you count those uh, those other ballots. I mean, there's there's no there's no excuse for this. And there's no excuse. You had one job. If you're the if you're a poll, uh, if you're somebody that's in charge of voting polls, you have one job. That job is to make sure that the polls are open when it's time for people to vote. That that job is to make sure the printers have plenty of paper. That job is to make sure that those machines are functioning when people show up to vote. So there's no excuse for this. And so in a lot of ways we're taking some steps backwards here. But anyway, I just I wanted to get that in there. We'll we'll talk about that in the three o'clock hour because if if somehow Carrie Lake and say Blake Masters are able to actually pull off a miracle in Arizona, I think Nevada's gonna go Republican, both governor and Senate. If if that happens and both of those are in, that's a fifty one seat majority, and then whatever happens in Georgia is is, you know, back to fifty fifty or maybe it's fifty two fifty or fifty two forty eight, right? So anyway. That's where we are. All right, let's let's get into some of the takeaways from this. I want to talk about the local aspects too this this afternoon, but there's so much to say in in two hours here. Here here are here's my basic takeaway from last night because I'm I'm looking at Ron DeSantis right, and like I said, President Trump is an albatross around the necks of the Republicans, and 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 if the Republicans don't realize that after last night, they're going to commit political suicide in 2024. They really are. Um, if if Ron DeSantis is the Republican nominee, he's the next president in 2024. If Donald Trump is the next nominee, then Hillary Clinton is going to be president in 2024. It, it won't be Biden. I don't care what anybody says. Biden is not going to be the nominee in 2024. But it'll be Hillary Clinton or whoever else they want to nominate. 
And it was clear last night. The Republicans should have taken the governorship of Michigan. They should have taken the governorship of New York. They should have taken uh, governorships in other key places that they were not able to take because they ran poor candidates. Um, Lee Zeldin was actually a pretty good candidate. But I, I feel like a lot of what the media did to try to like poison the well, if you will, with the whole. My wife and I were watching ABC's live coverage right before I went on the air in Houston. And um, literally the anchors, these are supposed to be objective news anchors. These aren't supposed to be, um, you know, opinionated people giving their opinion. They referred to candidates in Republican races as election deniers. That's what they called them. What's interesting about that, and it's fine if you want to say that this person denies that 2020 was a fair election. It's fine if you want to say that. But why are we not also saying that Hillary Clinton didn't accept the legitimacy of the 2016 election and that there are still people who haven't accepted the legitimacy of the 2000 election? I mean, it's it's clearly one sided, but they were successful in poisoning that. And so what I take away from that is this. Drop all the election security stuff. If you're a Republican and you're running for office, drop the election security stuff. And frankly, stay away from the abortion stuff because that was a big issue. I think there was like 27% listed that as a top issue for them to vote. And look, I find that sad. I find that disheartening for our society. I think we've brainwashed an entire young generation of people that it's okay to off your baby and not have consequences for your personal decisions. But the reality of the situation is, that the grand will of the people is for whatever reason, it's very important for them to be able to kill their babies. And so that is, that is an issue that is just, it's been, it's been decided in the electorate. Here are the three things Republicans should be saying if they want to win from here on out, stay the hell away from my wallet, stay the hell away from my kids and secure the damn border. That was basically Ron DeSantis's campaign message. That was his message. Stay the hell away from my wallet. Stay the hell away from my kids and secure the damn border. And he won. He won the his, he won Hispanic inroads with Hispanic votes. He won inroads with African American votes and other minority votes. And he won by twenty points. Stay the hell away from your wallet. Stay the hell away from your kids. Secure the border. Drop the drop the election security stuff. Drop it. DeSantis in his victory speech last night. We have embraced freedom. We have maintained law and order. We have protected the rights of parents. We have respected our taxpayers. And we reject woke ideology. We fight the woke and... I don't know why that just stopped there, huh? Why did I just stop there? That's weird. Okay. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Now, you see, now he's, he's not talking about abortion there. He's talking about what they're doing to your kids in school. And he, he goes through that, that litany of what his whole campaign thing was. Stay the hell away from my wallet. Stay the hell away from my kids and secure the border. That is it. And there's no other way to look at this, but that was a winning ticket. And here's the thing. And I know there's a bunch of Rumple Trumpkins listening, and you're probably going to hate me. And I already lost Facebook friends last night when I posted some of the stuff I'm going to say here. But suck it up, buttercup. You're going to have to learn that you can't complain about cancel culture and then you cancel yourself. I mean, and that's the thing is there's there's a there is a cancel culture within Rumple Trumpkin land. Well, I don't like what he said. I'm not going to right. Just stop that. Grow up. Be an adult. 
right before Ron DeSantis is about to be reelected in Florida. What does Trump do? Trump comes out and says, he better not declare to run for president because I know more about him and maybe even his wife. Who says something like that? Does somebody who, seriously, let's break it down for just a second. What kind of person says something like that? A freaking mobster. That's the kind of person that says that. A freaking mobster. Does the kind of person who has the best interest of the country at heart say something like that about a fellow member of their political party? Does someone who has their own political party's best interest at heart say something about that like that? Who does that? This is not a person who has at the core of their being the best interest of the United States in their heart. Now, listen, I'm not saying he didn't do good things as president. There were things in his policy that were good. But I honestly think that Americans are tired of his bullcrap. We all know that person that comes to the party and right at the beginning of the party, they're the life of the party and everybody loves them. But by the time they've had four beers, you just want them to go the hell home. That's kind of how Republicans feel, but they won't voice it. I'll probably get in trouble for voicing it. But they won't voice it because they're afraid to voice it. But in reality, most people are just standing around in the corners of the party going, I wish that guy would leave. I wish that guy would leave because they're tired of the bull crap. The interesting thing about Ron DeSantis is that he has all the qualities that you would like about a Trump, as in the, the combativeness with the media, the ability to go back at the media and not take it. The occasional snarky retort to uh, a debate foe. But he also has the intellectual prowess to back up where he stands and why he stands there. And he also knows how to explain it, and he knows how to run a freaking campaign. He's all the good stuff about Trump and none of the freaking baggage. He doesn't go around telling people, you know, if he does something I don't want him to do. Like, who says I know stuff about? Like, really, if you know something about somebody that's supposedly so damaging that they shouldn't be the president, and I can't imagine how it would be any worse than anything Trump has said, but if you do know something, then if you had the nation's best interest at heart, wouldn't you say it now before there's an election? That's blackmail. I mean, I got to empty my chest here a little bit. I know, again, I can feel some of you out there. Text me, 57739, 57739. Text Leland, 57739. Go ahead, let me have it. This is the campaign strategy for Republicans going forward if they know what's right for them. Stay the hell away from my wallet. Stay the hell away from my kids. Secure the damn border. Let the rest of the chips fall where they may. We'll talk about culture and politics, but... I also want to talk about a, this crazy story out of Louisville in just a second as well. 630 How Denver's Talk Station. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back to more Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630 KHOW, Denver's talk station.
bear It's a Jesus piece I wear But I don't know I don't know if it makes me whole The Republican Laxalt is up uh, two points in Nevada my understanding there is that they had a very low turnout in Clark County, Nevada, which is basically Las Vegas. That's that's it. And if the Democrats had low turnout in Clark County, uh, their goose would be cooked in that. Biden is taking questions from reporters, which I predict, B. Large, that that means tomorrow we'll have a moment of Biden because that should be good. When he's off script, we get hilarity. 630 K. How Denver's talk station. I'm Leland Conway. I'm going to jump in these texts here because I got a ton of great texts coming in five seven seven three nine. Some of you agree with me, some of you don't. Uh, text Leland to five seven seven three nine. One super quick thing: we we're watching obviously the vote totals. Uh, there are two races in the congressional delegation from Colorado that haven't been decided yet. Um, it is uh, the D- District Eight, which would be Kirkmeyer. She's um, still trailing, but what I'm seeing here, Super Shoe, who did a great job on our KOA coverage last night. Uh, is helping me monitor that because he is a jack of all trades. And uh, right now, the math doesn't look good for Bobert, but the New York Times is still projecting that she will ultimately win. Uh, New York Times is also projecting that Kirkmeyer will pick up that eighth. The eighth district is a new district, and there were a lot of polls that showed that she had a really good shot there. Uh, she's a good candidate, um, but. According to New York Times, they're projecting both Bobert and Kirkmeyer to win those races. But I, I, based on the math that I've seen, and Super Shoe and I both agree on this because he's seen it as well, we both kind of wonder what the math is for Bobert to get to the win. That one, I, I was surprised, but not surprised. I mean, she's obviously a lightning rod figure. Um, but we saw a trend, certainly in the state of Colorado, away from... Um, you know, some of this stuff and, and towards the Democrats. So I, I don't know, man, it's, we're going to, we're going to see what happens here. Let's see here. Uh, Ryan just sent me some more stuff. Uh, Kirk Meyer projections, Bobert projections, both are still projected to win, but it's razor thin in both cases. So we'll dive into this in just a minute. Cause he's actually sent me some deep numbers here from the New York times. I want to jump to your text here. Uh, let's see. Let me start with boy, there's a bunch of these. All right, here we go. Right here. All right, Leland, uh, you're putting all your eggs in the DeSantis basket. The campaign you mentioned, stay away from my wallet, stay away from my kids, secure the border, won't actually work. Um, Where did it go? Shoot, there we go. Won't actually work because uh, liberals in Colorado don't care about policy. Well, that's why I called it uh, Colofornia. Uh, there's something else going on here in Colorado. And I think it's people bailing on California and bringing the cesspool that they created there here. But I'm talking about on a national level. Uh, I don't hold any hope that even Ron DeSantis would win Colorado at this point, but I don't think he would need to. So, uh, so there's that. All right, let me go to the next one. Leland, what Trump has almost 100% lost is women. Yeah, I mean, he never really did great with women, but you could see why. DB says, go for it. You're right about Trump being an albatross to the Republicans. Uh, next one, Leland, I'm with you. Grateful of what Trump accomplished, but I'm done sticking up for him. He's an anchor. He needs to go. I kind of hope the Dems do indict him at this point. <laughs> I'm done with him. He neither wins or salts the earth, so no one will win. 
Um, not a team player, DeSantis in 2024. Leland Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. Many uh, MAGAites or Rumpel Trumpkins believe Trump is Moses. But we don't need to be lost in the desert for 40 years when we have DeSantis to lead us to the promised land in 24. David says, Leland, communists don't care about what is good for our country. All they care about is power and control. That's true. Uh, and then someone else, Leland, yup, agreed. Last night's results say Trump is toast. Yeah, the, the only race that Trump's candidate did really well in was J.D. Vance in Ohio. But let me tell you a little bit about Ohio real quick, because I'm from Kentucky, and I lived in Ohio for a while. The two states are very close, obviously share a border. And there's an interesting electorate crossover, right? Northern Kentucky is basically the south part of Cincinnati's metro area. And it's a very populated area. It's the second most populous area of the state of Kentucky, and it's deep red. So it's an urban area that is deep red, okay? There's a lot of different sort of small cities that run together as you head into the Cincinnati metro and you cross the Ohio River into Ohio. Deep red. If you take Cincinnati, which is right on the border, but you do like an arc around the city in the Ohio part, you have deep red around that little small dot of blue. So first of all, Ohio is not the swing state that everybody has tried to say it was. It's really been Republican since Bush took it in 2000. That kind of took it off the map for Democrats. It's been pretty reliably consistent. The other side of that is um, a little bit different than what you have here in the West. Here in the West, when you're outside the city, you basically don't have anybody, right? Like taking Arizona or even Colorado, right? Once you get outside of the Denver metro area and you drive, you're driving, you know, for a long way before you see a house. Whereas in places like Kentucky and Ohio and Indiana, there's a lot of people populating the rural area. There are farms and small towns. There's little small towns of like, you know, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. So there's a lot of population in the rural area. So when you go and look at Ohio, if they don't do well in Cleveland, if they don't do like super well in Cleveland and Columbus, they're not going to do well. And that's exactly what happened here. So J.D. Vance was a pretty decent candidate in his own right. Um, but he was the only Trump candidate that did really, really well. And he won big in Ohio. But I don't think it's all because of Trump. Outside of that, you can look and see what happened across the country. Um, let's see. Text the show directly five seven seven three nine five seven seven three nine. Um, couple of uh, sound bites from last night. James Carville on MSNBC talking about the Trump effect. If you put everything in a computer, we should have lost fifty-seven seats. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Four or five Senate seat. And the reason is really Donald Trump. I mean, he brought people out to vote against this. Um, you know, it, 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 it just it had a suppressive effect. He, he, he out-trumped inflation. He out-trumped crime. He out-trumped the, the normal cycle of the first off-year election with an incumbent president. One thing about James Carville, Democratic consultant, um, he's been a voice on the airwaves for a long time. This is a guy that has a pretty good grasp on reality, and what he's saying here is actually kind of profound, and I actually agree with him. Yesterday, I was thinking there was going to be a red wave because I'm looking at those top-line things. This is the weirdest election I've ever seen in my life. And I agree. I think it was Trump. I think the Democrats and the media successfully put Trump on the rally, or excuse me, on the ballot. And I think Trump successfully put himself on the ballot as part of all of this. And 
when you it, it's 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 really hard for me to wrap my head around that people, especially here in like Colorado, for instance, that we had a strong majority of voters who said orange man bad, so bad that I'm okay with more inflation, higher energy prices, a future energy crisis, not fixing my roads, getting taxed more, and having government get involved in more aspects of my life because it's more important to me to be able to off an unborn baby and make sure orange man bad stays away. It's hard for me to wrap my head around that, but I think there is a lot of truth in what James Carville is saying. Because if you look at the races around the country where the Republicans blew Democrats away, and there were some, there were some big flips, some big flips in New York, in New Jersey, there were some big flips in some other parts of the country, but they weren't candidates that had a tie to Trump. Where the Republicans did really, really well, they were either a candidate in their own right, an incumbent in their own right, or a newcomer. Now, let, me, let me give an example. In Arizona, and I think Carrie Lake may end up winning this race, but it's going to be razor thin. But in the statewide races, the, the attorney general is going to win. There's going to be a Republican attorney general. He did not have a tie to Trump. He's a former Arizona attorney general. He's coming back. He's up six right now. The state race that has the highest margin of victory currently in the running for Republicans is the state treasurer in that state where the Republican candidate, I think her name is Janet Yee, I think it is, the Republican candidate is up 17 in that treasury race. Now tell me how that's possible. She has zero, she ran a race that was completely independent of Trump and of anything else. So the one Republican candidate that is by far kicking and trouncing everything else is the one that had no tie to it. So again, this there's there's evidence across the board in these elections. Let me see. Al says, I'm so mind-blown over election results in Colorado and throughout the nation. Really, how in the blank did Whitmer get reelected? Yeah, I called her last night on the, our coverage in Houston. I called her the queen of the shutdowns. I don't, Again, orange man so bad. The people were willing to choose that. And it is it is it is kind of hard to wrap your head around it. But again, I think you you gotta go and look where was the success? Where was the success? Kemp in Georgia ended Stacey Abrams' political career. Abbott in Texas ended Beto O'Rourke. Unless Beto changes the spelling of his name, Beto, to B-E-T-A-U-X, and then moves to Louisiana and tries to run for governor there. Like that could that could happen. That could happen. My Cajun friends will get what I was just saying there. <laughs> but but he's done, man. That's the third, that's the third race he's lost in a row. And again, what do we have in common in those two races? Kemp and Abbott had kind of well, Kemp was not uh, Trump hates Kemp. And Abbott had kind of slowly, like DeSantis did, distanced himself away from Trump. Not not outright, but just kind of ran his own campaign. Abbott's campaign was the same as DeSantis's. Stay the hell away from my wallet, stay the hell away from my kids, and secure the border. That is the same exact blueprint that Abbott ran in, Cal- in Texas. The left thought they had a chance there because there's a lot of people moving there from Cal- California. No, they did not have a chance. Same exact blueprint and template.
tell me I'm wrong. Text me, 57739, 57739. We will get an update from Arizona. I'm going to look into these uh, numbers on Bobert and more. Uh, all of that stuff uh, coming up here in just a couple seconds. Numbers, 57739, 57739. If you want to jump in the text box, let me know what you think. I am Leland Conway, 630K How Denver Talk Station. Ooh, it's getting good in the text box. Have you have you heard anybody talking about Abbott running for president? Has anybody heard that talk? Somebody just brought that up. They said it was going to be an ugly primary season. DeSantis and Abbott would defeat Trump. That, I've never even I've never even seen Abbott as my sister lives in Texas. I'm pretty familiar with their politics there. He's a very popular governor. Um, I've I've not seen him ever seem to sort of. Uh, look towards maybe being part on the national stage or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. That would be interesting, though. He would actually be very interesting. I'm telling you right now, the blueprint for 2024 is very simple. Stay the hell away from my wallet. Stay the hell away from my kids. And secure the daggum border. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. I love this. Marco Rubio just uh, tweeted from Florida. He said, if Florida can count 7.5 million ballots in five hours, how can it take days for some states to count less than 2 million? Here's another little side note. I am going to point this out. In states where there is a strong, secure border, or excuse me, a strong, secure uh, election system, the Republicans did very well. I'm just going to point that out. And next hour at 310, my friend James T. Harris, who is a terrific talk show host on KFYI down in Phoenix, has some inside scoop, not only on what happened in Maricopa County, because that was inexcusable. And again, I told you I did uh, coverage for Texas and Houston last night. I was on the air in Houston and um, what happened in Harris County was inexcusable. They, they, they'd show up to a boat. They didn't have the key to the door to the polling place. People stood in line in Harris County, Texas, which is the largest metropolitan area outside of Dallas in the state. They stood in line. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It's bigger than Dallas. They stood in line for three hours because somebody didn't have a key to open it. There were multiple other polling places didn't have paper for ballots. You had one job. How do you do that? How do you do one job? And, and the thing is, with all the distrust in the system that's out there, you would think that people who are in charge of these elections would be like, you know what we got to do? The pressure's on. The pressure's on. We better, we, we better get it right. Just if nothing else to put people's minds at ease. And in Maricopa County, a heavily Republican area of Arizona, I know I grew up in Arizona, right there in Maricopa County, 20%, up to 20% of the voting machines didn't work. In the morning of the election. As I told you, I, I gave you those numbers for Kerry Lake. This could make a difference in this race. But there's still chance. And uh, James T. Harris thinks that there is. So anyway, next hour we're going to talk to him at 310. And he's going to kind of give us the inside scoop. What are the numbers in our race? Is it possible for Blake Masters to pull it off in Arizona? If the Republicans get Arizona in the Senate, I think they're going to get Nevada. And then it all really kind of comes down to Georgia. I think... Herschel Walker's got a long road to go there just because he's not going to be tied to uh, any other races, and he's just not a very good candidate overall. So anyway, all right. I also want to talk about Proposition FF next hour. I'm incensed by this, and James T. Harris joins us next. I am Leland Conway, 630 KHOW, Denver's talk station. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.